Good evening and welcome to Milkshake Monday, episode 153. It's been a while since we've had an actual biblical teaching that was just Milkshake Monday. I want to first tell you that in the topic called standing, standing, I can tell you that I am standing in the power and through the power, grace, mercy, and peace of the Lord Jesus Christ. You know what's been happening because I've tried to be as open and honest about our journey when it comes to what has happened with my brother in the Lord William Helms transition to be with the Lord Jesus Christ. And we are happy and and excited about where he is and who he's with. And as somebody has said to me many times, he would not want to come back here because he's in the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. So when we talk about standing tonight, I'm going to talk to you about a witness of what has been transpiring and some things that I hope will be an encouragement to you. So let's talk about standing. When it comes to what we're going to talk about in the scriptures, we're going to be in three quick chapters because I don't want to hold you long. It's nine o'clock and I know that some of you have had a long day. So in Luke 6, I'm going to take a few of the passages out of that section of the Bible to share with you about how the Lord has allowed me and the family to stand. And I want you all to understand that as you have been praying, you have been praying for our strength. You have been praying for God's mercy and compassion and all those things. So what surprises you sometimes is that when you see us, you think it's us being strong in the strong in our own flesh, but it's us being strong through the power of your prayers, through the power of the Holy Spirit that is really equipping us to have that peace that Jesus professed that we would have. And that's really what it is. It's not anything special about Anita or Faith or Albany. We're no super saints. None of that stuff. It's the presence of the Lord and the true peace of God that is surpassing all understanding. And we read these scriptures sometime, even out of 1 Corinthians 15, that the sting of death is not the same for those of us who know Christ. And those of us who realize that when someone transitions from this mortal body to heaven is not the same. We know that there will be a day for those of us who believe in Christ Jesus that we're going to see him again or see her again. And for myself, I don't call Reverend William Dallas Helm my husband any longer. He is my brother in Christ because in heaven, he's not going to be my husband. So I'm talking about my brother has gone to be with Jesus and I'm excited for him. And I'm not being fake and phony. I'm telling y'all, I have a peace because I know Reverend's not in in pain. He's not suffering and he's seeing and he's hearing all the messages that Christ in heaven is sharing with everyone there. So tonight, let's go to Luke chapter uh, six. We're going to be in verse 38. I'm going to start with this as my wealth of appreciation to all of you. When I looked at this scripture, I think it summed up some things that I wanted to share about my appreciation and the family's appreciation for all of the prayers and support and mercy and grace that all of you have been toward our family and me personally. So this scripture says, give and it will be given to you good measure pressed down, shaken together, and running over, with will be put into your bosom. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. Now, many of us know that Reverend William Helm was a giver. He was. And I can tell you that he loved to give. You always hear the scripture, you know, give with, be cheerful, be a cheerful giver. And he loved it. He actually loved it. But I can tell you for 
the days and, and weeks that we have been going through this situation that you all have given unto us, given prayers, given compassion, given uh, financial gifts, given cards, given messages of love through Facebook, through text, through comments, through every way that they can be. And I can tell you that it's running over. And as I read this scripture out of Luke 6, 38, I just thought of you all. And I thought that was a precious actual gift to share back to you that how Reverend loved to give, you have given back to his family. And I think that that is a precious thing to be uh, spoken of. Also, as we were leaving the service, uh, Reverend Smith said to me, he, he, he just said it in passing, but he said it right as I was leaving. He says, keep on shaking that milk, Anita. And if I, it tickled me because some people have called milkshake money many things, you know, milk and cookies, all kinds of things. But he said, keep on shaking that milk. And I said, yes, Lord, I pray that I will because we need to share the word of God and we need to break it down in areas that people will understand. Well, I want to tell you something, you know, on Saturday during the memorial service, it was great teaching, you know, Pastor uh, Ham and Pastor Porter and Pastor Pearson and Reverend Watts and all the people that shared from their heart. I was truly touched. And at the end, when the altar call, it was really an invitation to discipleship. I sat there and I was so tempted to get up and say something, but I said, no, it's not my time. And I'm using this time now because I'm going to read a passage in Luke chapter six, and I'm going to tell you something because at that service, there were people unsaved at that service. There were people that were backsliders at that service were people who were in denial that they really had a relationship with Christ and they didn't know for sure, but they weren't going to get up at that service. There were people who were Christians who needed to recommit at that service. There were those of us who think we're all right and we're doing great for God. And God wants to say, no, you need to recommit too. But nobody got up. Nobody took the courage to stand up and say, I, I need to recommit. I need to commit. I need to repent. I need to understand more about Jesus. They just sat there. And I'm going to read a passage of scripture in Luke 6 that I, I want you to know because I've been there. I have played church in my hometown where I was an usher, a singer. I was a person that did uh, receptions for food. I did all the things as I played church. And I, and I even got baptized. But I didn't know Christ. And it wasn't until... Someone started sharing the message of God that I kept feeling like something was missing. But yet I sat there and I didn't make a change until God got into my spirit to the point I was bawling. And I said, I need to know Jesus. And I can tell you that for some people who see the video of Reverend Helms Memorial Service and people that were in that room, I say to you, that if you don't know that you know that you know, and I'm going to get closer. If you don't know that if it's tonight and God calls you and you got to give an account for your life, this life. And you don't know that you know with certainty 
that Jesus knows you and you know Jesus, you need to repent and go before the Lord and ask him into your life. I'm not doing a hell and brimstone. I'm just saying you cannot be ashamed of Christ in this natural plane where all those people in that room were just praying for you to come. All the people who are praying, even as people are watching the video, and I know that there were people that God was drawing, but for whatever reasons, you did not take the opportunity on Saturday or even now. Don't find yourself in the presence of the Lord and he calls you and he says, did you accept my son or did you reject my son? And all you're going to say is, I didn't know. And he's going to say, that's a lie. Because there's been opportunity after opportunity for you to accept Jesus and you thought that you didn't need him and you thought you were all right. And when I hear people say these comments about uh, the man upstairs and, you know, all these kind of very distant things, God is no man. God is not a man. God doesn't lie. God doesn't steal and cheat. He's holy. We're not holy. And I know for sure that there are people in that room on Saturday that the Lord knows their hearts. And Reverend Helm has been praying on God's altar for salvation for some people in that room. And I know he kept saying, preach Jesus, preach Jesus. Because if you want to know what he wants you to do, if you say you love him, that you're his friend, that you're his relative, that you're his close-knit, he wants you to get saved. So go to Luke chapter 6. And I want you to jump over to verse 41. I said that first because I don't want you to think I'm saying something about your relationship that I haven't gone through myself. So verse 41 says, And why do you look at the speck at your brother's eye, but do not perceive the plank in your own eyes? I had planks. I had planks because I wasn't saved and I was working in the church. Or how can you say to your brother, brother, let me remove the speck that's in your eye when you yourself do not see the plank that is in your own eye? Hypocrite, first remove the plank from your own eye and then you will see clearly to remove the speck that's in your brother's eye. For a good tree does not bear bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. For every tree is known by its own fruit. For men do not gather figs from thorns, nor do they gather grapes from a bramble bush. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good. And an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth evil. For one, for out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. But why do you call me Lord? Lord! And not do the things which I say. Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. Christ is saying over and over to all of us, repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. That's big words. God is holy, we're not. On the back of Reverend Helm's bookmark was Romans Road because we wanted to bring it down to a level that everybody could be able to share the good news of Christ. We have sinned. The wages of sin is death. The only way that we can get to the Father is through the Son of Jesus, Jesus Christ. And to receive His sinless sacrifice.
for us. You can't earn it. You can't get good enough. You can't clean yourself up. Then you bring yourself in the church. All that stuff, we got to make it simple to you. It's a choice. You reject Christ or you accept Christ. No in between. But it's so important for us to think about this because we're talking about a potential surge again of the, the new variant beyond the Delta. People getting sick with COVID. People getting pneumonia. All kinds of stuff is happening. And it's happening fast. Satan is busy. And he's, he's doing the same tricks as he's always done, thinking that you have time. Young people are going out of this world, not even hearing the message of Jesus. Because guess what? We think it's more important to take these children to the basketball, the soccer game, all these tournaments, all these little things that we want them to get all recognized and get the trophies and get the scholarships, but they don't know Jesus. We are failing our children because they need to know what thus saith the Lord, not thus saith the referee. Now, here's the thing about a foundation. When you start to face death, and I'm telling y'all, when I had to read to a man that wasn't really conscious, and we knew that in his subconscious, he could hear, he could feel, those are the last things that go as you start to leave this natural plane. We just poured in the word of God because where the flesh is weak, the spirit is strong. And when you start to read the scriptures of God's living word to a body that's getting ready to naturally die, but the spirit is going to be transformed into that glorified body, you feel the power of God's word. You understand significance in the meaning of the word of God that you've never understood before. When you start to read 1 Corinthians 15 and you see those words and you're saying it to somebody and you see the only reaction they have is to the word of God, you understand that something in the natural is not being ministered to, something in the supernatural is. So let's go to verse 47 and 48 because this is the foundation of which I stand on, not because of a need of help, but because of the Christ in me. The power of God in me, the peace of God that Jesus said and promised to me and to you, the grace of God. He says in verse 47, whoever comes to me, Reverend kept saying, come on, come on. He would just kept saying, come on. And I said, come, what are you talking about, babe? He wanted Christ. He wanted Christ. He wanted to know he's coming. He said, come on. He was ready. He was ready. Whoever comes to me and hears my sayings and does them. I will show you whom he is like. He is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. And when the flood arose, the stream beat vehemently against that house and could not shake it for it was founded on the rock. I'm not talking about William Helm, but I am telling you that the man that I knew as my former husband, who is my brother in Christ, trusted in a deep dig of the rock of Jesus Christ when it came to his family, his faith. His trust wasn't in the doctors. It certainly wasn't in the doctors. It wasn't in the hospital visit. It wasn't in the medication. It wasn't in the lab test. He was deep and deep and deep in Christ Jesus, the solid rock, 
the cornerstone of all of our faith that we say we believe Jesus. And you'll know because as you get closer to that time, everybody kept saying the absent from the body be present with the Lord. But when you really get close and you know that your time is coming, either you don't dug deep or you're shallow. And what I get concerned about, even for people who didn't walk to the front on Saturday during the service or didn't make that profession and watching the video or watching this video is that you're shallow and that shallow is going to cause you to find yourself in the depths of hell instead of the bosom of Christ. Now, people have asked me, Anita, what do you plan to do? I plan to continue to proclaim Christ. I'm not a pastor. I've never said I was a pastor. I have told you I am a child of the living God. And when I go to read a scripture, I'm an ambassador for Christ. And as we were going through, and I'm going to take you to another passage, you understand that Satan's whole purpose is to cause those of us who love Jesus, who are willing to go out and to share this message and I don't need to be sharing it in a dress and heels and a hat and be fancy. I'm going to start sharing the message of Christ even more boldly into places that, guess what? I, I, I'm going to a place on August 28th and I hope to be around a lot of people that y'all wouldn't even expect. What's the preacher's wife doing there? I'm there because I need to be fellowshipping with people so they can hear about Christ. We're keeping it in the four walls of the church and with our everybody's titles, but we're not going out to give the message to the fish. We're fishing in the fishbowl, but we need to get out and share the message of truth. And I've done my service as the caregiver inside the house, inside the hospitals, inside the labs, inside the, the dialysis center. I, I share Christ wherever. But now it's time to go out in the safety of COVID. Y'all know I got a mask right here. I'm going to be in the safety of doing the double masking and social distancing, but I'm going to start sharing the message of Christ because if Satan's whole purpose was to shut me up, shut us down, nah, nah. Just like Reverend, they took he, the Satan thought he attacked his every part of his body during the stroke, every part of his body to the point he almost could not talk. That's how much Satan wanted to shut Reverend up, even taking his breath and with his last breaths he was professing Christ. But go to this scripture. Verse 49 is the same thing as happened on Saturday when nobody got up, even though there was people that should have got up. And I talked about that shallow. You better be careful. And I'm not saying that in the, in the sense of what I read about being judgmental and putting a speck. I'm sharing with you the urgency of understanding that if you don't know that you know that if Christ called you tonight, is he going to say I never knew you. Depart from me, you worker of iniquity. You can't be one-sided with Christ. You think you know Christ, but Christ has to know you. You have to have a relationship. Here it says in verse 49, But he who heard and did nothing is like a man who built a house on the earth without a foundation against which the stream beat vehemently and immediately it fell and the ruin of that house was great. They're talking in parables, but the reality is we all have sinned and fallen short, but we all 
have not come before Christ and says, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that I sinned against everything that I knew was against your will and against what is holy. And I asked you to forgive me, God, because when he forgives, he forgives and he doesn't bring it up in your face again. And when you ask him to, to join you and come into your heart, he comes and he doesn't play games of coming in and out like friends do, like relatives do, like relationships do. He stays closer. And there's a love that's not Eros love and, and sexual. It's agape love. It's unconditional because he loved all of us so much that he was willing to, even knowing our sins, get on that cross. I say, I love you too much. But when we love ourselves more than we love Christ, the consequence is that we're, we're, we're putting our life's eternity. This life is temporary, but eternity. We're, we're trusting that life to shallow ground with no foundation. And Satan is thrilled and happy with that. He's happy to know that a lot of more people are going to go with COVID. A lot more people are going to go with the diseases that are in their body. He's happy to think that you think that you got it going on, but you don't have that relationship that Christ wants you to have. And I'm going to Ephesians 6 because what Rev and I recognize is that Satan is an enemy that is uh, tormenting relentless but unless you have the power of God the armor of God and I know for some of y'all you're like what does that really mean people that know church language they may understand but there's a protection of every part of our being that Christ wants us to understand that he doesn't just give us salvation he gives us tools and equipment to fight off an enemy that wants us dead wants us to die in our sins without knowing Christ. But when you actually make that profession of Christ, there's equipment that he gives you supernaturally. And it allows you to stand in the midst of things that happen. Not, death is not the worst that can happen to us. There's a lot of things that happen. And if you don't have the knowledge of Christ, you can lose your very mind. People are losing their mind. And... They don't even understand that they're in a spiritual warfare. They think it's all about the people coming against them, all about the circumstances coming against them. But they don't understand there's a supernatural warfare. We're seeing more and more movies about magic and witchcraft and idolatry and all these spiritual things. And people are saying spirituality. There's a spiritual warfare. And we think these are made up stories. We think the Bible is passe. We don't understand that Satan wants us to believe that the Bible doesn't really matter because he wants to continue destroying us. But look what Ephesians 6, starting with verse 10 says. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord. Y'all have been watching me and you think it's Anita is a strong woman. Anita is in her flesh is not a strong woman. Anita is being strong in the Lord, in the Lord's power, in the Lord's strength, not because of me. It says, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. 
The devil has been attacking William Helm, Anita Helm, the family of the Helms. Because guess what? If we can talk to you plainly about Jesus Christ and you listen just a little bit, just a little seed drop for somebody else to water, you may be saved. He wants to destroy us. And I know you may think that Satan destroyed William Helm. No, it was William Helm's time to go be with the Lord. We understand that it's God who has life and death. And he knew that this soldier, William Helm, that went on to be with the Lord, he was going to stand until God called him home. And it says here, Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. You think that what we see unfolding in TV and we have a network that chooses to, to share things that may not be truthful and all this stuff going on. You think it's just, oh, it's just this time. This is spiritual warfare in high places. It says here, Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand Stand, therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one and taking the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. First, you got to get saved. I don't know. I was obedient not to stand up on Saturday. And I'm saying it now because I have time. You have to find the relationship with Christ Jesus in that salvation. Don't play games. Don't think you may have it figured out. You need to repent. You need to repent before the Lord Jesus Christ and ask him for the forgiveness of your sins, past, present, and future. And allow him to wash all of that sin away. And forget it and ask him to help you in a relationship that you are joining with him to help him to lead you in the life that you have in this natural life you're not gonna know it all you're not gonna know every Bible verse you're not gonna know what church sometime to go to you're not gonna know all these questions but you ask him God help me to understand Help me to find a Bible-believing, Bible-teaching church. Help me to understand how to pray. Help me to know what I need to do with my mouth. Help me know what to do with my relationship that may be ungodly. Help me to reach out to someone to help me figure out what to do. There are people who are praying and interceding. And what you saw on that service was people imploring you, begging you, Find this relationship now before it's too late and you have to give an account and you have rejected Christ 
in this natural life. Now I end with this because I know it's getting late. Um, ultimately, that verse 20 says, For which I am an ambassador in chains, that it that in it I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. Now, Paul was talking about being in chains in prison. Many of us are not in prison, right? We, we're free in the sense that we're not shackled up with a number tattooed on our clothing. But I will say that in my heart, I desire that for the days, weeks, months, or years that God allows me to have the breath of life in my body, that I desire to go and to share with whatever means he wants me to do, however he wants me to do, the message of who his son Jesus Christ is. I want to shake some milk, as as Reverend Smith said. I want to shake some milk. I don't just need to shake milk on Milkshake Monday. I want to be in a place, in a position that whoever I can share about who Christ is. I have known Christ before I met Reverend Helm. I have learned more during my time with Reverend Helm. And thanks be to God, I pray that I can still share the gospel as an ambassador for Christ after and this time of my journey. We're all fashioned for a purpose. I may have been fashioned for part of my purpose to be the wife of William Dallas Helm. But my purpose wasn't just for that own end. God has a plan. And I ask him, what do you want me to do to be in service to your son, Jesus Christ? We can't fall apart. I know this is sad. I, I got that. I love my, my former husband. I say former because in heaven, he's not my husband, y'all. In this natural, yes, he was my husband. But in the, the time that I, when I go see him in, in Christ, in, in heaven, in my glorified body, I'm not going to say, hey, husband. I'm going to say, hey, brother, I told you, I see you again. And he always liked my jaws and my smile. I said, I told you, I see you again, brother. And I know that. I have a peace that understands that he's with Christ. My brother William Helm is with Christ. But we still got work to do, saints. We still got work to do to tell people who Jesus Christ is. That's why I put standing. Standing on the message of Christ. Standing in the whole armor of God. Standing in the peace of God, standing in the grace of God, standing in the power and the strength of God, not me, in the Lord I stand in his strength and his power. We got work to do for the harvest is ripe, but the labors are few. We are still left here with all the teaching that Reverend Helm has given us and all the teaching that other servants of the Most High God will give us. And we got to start doing the work of Christ through the power of God. I love you and Lord willing, I'll see you next week. God bless you.